I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you got to buy. Live from the Stamp Show Here Today infotainment complex, this is the award-winning Stamp Show Here Today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless Tosh by joining the Stamp Show Here Today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. We are an APS-affiliated club. Listen to the end credits for information on joining. This is Cash. This is former fawn of Cameroon, now in exile, Mark. This is Jim. And we got a great email from Alan1. Um, I am going to just read this email because it's so good. I've been listening to your episode number 416 about counterfeit stamps and thought you'd like some information from England in Great Britain in the UK. Uh, this is regarding the little stickers that they're putting on mail when they detected counterfeit stamps are being used that we talked about. If you are sent a dodgy letter that has incurred a charge, they deliver our little red fee-to-pay card telling you what you owe. You can then pay online and they will deliver the letter, or you can go to the sorting office. I like this sorting office. I'm going to call it sorting office from now on sorting office and pay over the counter to collect it. Um, this is why the envelope that I put on uh, Twitter um, that shows the little thing, it sh said fee paid, okay to deliver, or something like that. It had a st rubber stamp on it. I always do this because the card doesn't tell you who the letter's from. If I go to the counter, I can see and choose to pay it if I think the letter is worth it. If I don't, then they send it back and destroy it. I don't know. Um, I guess this guy has gotten one already. If you get them, save them. Yeah. Yeah. Save the card. Save the letter. Yeah. Don't don't don't, don't go to the office and say, "Oh no, I'm not going to get." You know, you definitely need to get this thing. I was going to say, um, the one that we had that you posted, the uh, mm -hmm. picture of the cover, was from a business. So it makes a lot of sense that the business just got went online and paid it because they're sending a business mail out. And so they probably just, that's why it had that yeah. hand stamp on it. Go ahead and deliver it over. Well, we were kind of wondering paid. why. Yeah. We were wondering what the transaction is. Yeah, this so is now it. we know. Yeah. It was mentioned on Novak's excellent website uh, that the charges are going up yet again. You'll see it that the fine for counterfeit stamps is doubling to five pounds, four times the first class rate, which I noted that the first class rate I thought was 80 cent or 80 pence. Did I just say pounds or dollars? You said pounds. You said okay. pounds. Okay, good. Cause I get pounds and dollars mixed up on these. Uh, so it costs one pound 25 to send a letter in England and it costs you five pounds if it's counterfeit, that's that's interesting. And save save the ones that have the two pound five, five on yeah. it or whatever it was, because that's obviously a very short rate, yeah. and so it'll be 
as a collector's item, postal history item, it'll be good. I agree with you that this is a good thing to eradicate fake stamps. But an even better move would be to allow the Royal Mail app to scan the codes and tell you whether the stamp is valid before you send it. At present, you can scan the codes, but all it does is show you a video of Sean the Sheep. I suppose uh, that's why they call them barcodes. <laughs> I guess Sean the Sheep is their mascot or something. I don't know. Uh, mm. Sounds very British. Yes. If people could check their bargain stamps before sending them, then they would have no excuse. That I agree with. That's and it like it's, yeah. If you put it in the app, you can say scan. Yeah, that's a valid stamp. That's pretty cool. The UPS way of dumping the mail strikes me as stupid. It, USPS. It, it does me too. Yeah, USPS. Uh, because senders who may have bought the counterfeits in good faith will just think their mail was lost and lose confidence in the system. Uh, in addition to that, probably you would, you know, not even know that the thing wasn't delivered. I mean, if you mailed a Christmas card, you'd assume that the Christmas, you know, you know you're not going to get a phone call from the person saying, hey, where's my Christmas card? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dumping, I don't think is the best way. It ought to be at least sent back to them with a warning. Uh not sure about that either, but yeah, you, they should do something other than just dump. So if you're in Great Britain and you get one of these cards, definitely go and get the get the letter, regardless of where it's from, because it's a it's a piece of postal history that'll be worth far more than what you pay, and especially if you are uh, picking it up while the rate is still two pounds and a half. Yeah, uh, because that that kind of short lived uh, piece of postal history is going to be well sought after in the future. Yep. Well, staying on the uh, British stories, uh, Jim, you have one. Yes, I do. Uh, this was um, in uh, a couple of weeks ago. It, um, news company posted this. Mail is being delivered via drone in the United Kingdom's first ever service of this type. The Royal Mail has launched the United Kingdom's first ever drone delivery service. The service was launched on Scotland's Orkney Islands, operating for three months with the intent to extend it in the future. This is up in the Northumberland National Park, and it shows a picture of a drone flying into a village of like three houses. Yeah, so, just if, for people who aren't aware of where the Orkneys are, if you picture Great Britain and then Ireland's off to the left... And then you see the top, and the that's top is Scotland. like that. That's Scotland. And then there's little dots all up on top of it. That those are the Orkney Islands. Orkney Islands. Yeah. Those are it's way out there. Yeah, look, it has a look of uh, Norway, some yeah. Scandinavia. Yep, it's very, very beautiful, but yeah, very isolated. Settled by Vikings. Yeah, but the the important thing. For me, and looking at this is, well, there's two things. First of all, um, when you think of rural delivery in the United States, um, what we used to call the rural free delivery, RFD, and they're still doing that to farms and things that are way out in the middle of uh, the plains, for example, or very isolated places. And the cost to deliver a letter to places like that uh, Cash and I were talking about this earlier. You know, like 
uh, to deliver a letter in Canada might be cost a dollar and a half, two dollars, and in the uh, in New York City maybe four or five cents. You know, so the cost savings. Um, I, I could see the uh, USPS going to the, some of this service also with drones. Oh, it would be great, yeah. And this, and the second application of it is, we now have a whole new area to start collecting drone mail, as opposed to Zeppelin mail, or uh, helicopter mail, or rocket mail. Well, if there's a philatelist in Scotland someplace, they should make commemorative covers or cached covers or something for drone delivered mail to the Orkneys. Yep. There in the United States, of course, we have, you know, the early air mail, but then we had rocket mail where they were shooting rockets over the border into Mexico because it was cheaper and easier and you didn't have to go through customs and stuff like that. It, it was a short lived thing. Um, then you had ship to shore mail, which was a biggie. And uh, there's a lot of people who collect that, you know, where an airplane will go and drop the mail on a boat and then the boat will take off. Uh, there's a lot of delivery collectors. And I guarantee you that, you know, drone delivery to the Orkney Islands, that'll be a collectible interest. Yeah. yeah. Wayne Youngblood, our good friend, um, had an article just this month in the uh, APS journal on how does the mail get there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's very, it's a very interesting um, topic when you think about it because he traced, he traced the different avenues of delivering mail over the time, but um, it stopped short of the modern era, but it's still a very interesting, it, it's a collectible area that somebody should take advantage of oh yeah i imagine with uh, drone delivery you've got uh, power lines and clotheslines and stuff like that so it's going to drop it from what 50 feet up in the air and you know <laughs> so well that's what amazon used to do they you would uh for amazon deliveries they would give you this like mat and it was like a it folded out and it was like five feet square and the drone would look for this mat and then when he found the mat, it would drop your item onto the mat. So the mat was like a cushion. Now, every single person getting a mat in the United States might be a bit expensive. <laughs> so, but, you know, they've already exper experimented with that. Now, I think uh, in some of those rural areas, though, you, you could drop it in a, uh, or even have the drone land in an area, a central location, yep. and then deliver the mail out because uh, depending on how far the houses are apart, but um, it, it makes sense to do it in those kinds of uh, really remote, very remote, hard to get to, you know, take I mean, your life in your own hands when you drive to. Well, I'd <laughs> rather have like a drone operator sitting, you know, in some city a hundred miles away, guiding the drone out, dropping it, and then flying back, then actually having a person in a delivery truck driving up the road. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got to be much, much faster and much, much cheaper. 
it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So we'll we'll monitor that and we'll see how it ends up up there in northern Scotland. And anybody out there again, uh, you know, this is an opportunity to make some commemorative covers or some cash aid covers. Send them to Orkney, uh, expressly showing delivery by uh, <clears throat> drone mail. That's that that'll be a collectible cover. Yeah, I'll be waiting for the uh, news news item. Uh, local Orkney man killed by <laughs> mail drop <laughs> from drone. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, what crossed your desk this week? Uh, I had a uh, an interesting stamp. Somebody had submitted a uh, a four sixty two, not a uh, not an expensive stamp, but uh, but it was very well centered. So they had submitted it for grading. And what uh, is a four sixty two? Four sixty two is a one cent. Um, uh, perf 10, 10 at uh, perf 10 by 10, um, Washington. Um, it's the, uh, it's the one cent Washington. Um, and it's a, it's a sheet stamp. The problem is, is that 462 is flat plate and the stamp they submitted was rotary press. Uh, it was actually a 538. Um, so, uh, it's a 538 is a cheaper stamp. So even though it, it got a good grade, it got a good grade as a 538. So it wasn't as as valuable as the uh, as as the submitter thought. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, five thirty eight and 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 four sixty two are both perf ten, um, and they're both uh, one cent uh, green Washington. There is a slight color difference, but if you're not used to seeing it all the time, you know you might miss it. But um, uh, yeah, five thirty eight uh, is a rotary press, and the and the design size is a little bit different from the flat plate four sixty two. Is it is it also the gum is different? Uh, there is a slight difference in the gum, but uh, but that's something that uh, it's it's harder to to explain um, rather than uh, using design size. Yes. Yeah, and the reason why the design size is bigger is um, when they took the plates, they took literally flat plates, and then they curled them. And when you curl them, if you can picture the 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 plate has some thickness to it, the top edge is going to stretch more than the bottom edge and so you the distance that it's stretched relates to how much distance each frame line moves away from each other yeah, and that and that is detailed in scott catalog yep so what crossed your desk jim well i had a very interesting cover across my desk it was a confederate cover and um we kind of looked at this cover, my, so I thought I would just go through the procedure a little bit. So uh, it had a number four, Confederate States number four stamp. Why don't you describe that five, stamp a little bit? Five cent Jefferson Davis kind of um, the, blue the early, stamp, yeah. the blue. Yeah, not, not the smaller one, but the larger, the larger format. So um, first thing I looked at is, is that a, genuine stamp and yeah it was and then i looked at the cancel to determine that the cancel was okay um then i looked to see was it tied by the cancel to the cover and um it was a genuine cover uh, a cancel of the time but it was not tied so that presents a problem it doesn't necessarily make it good or bad but because a lot of times in that era they bullseye canceled stuff and it didn't tie it but there's other ways to tell. Sometimes the ink from uh, the letter writer, sometimes toning, 
can tie the stamp also, uh, air quotes tie. So um, kind of looked at that and couldn't determine it, but there was some writing underneath where the uh, stamp was affixed. And I could not quite make out what it said, but it looked like it might be initials. Normally in the upper right corner where this stamp was affixed, um, if it was a uh, paid three stampless cover, it would say paid three. It did not look like that's what was written there. Um, the cover itself had been pressed out, um, re-glued um, to the point where it was difficult, if not impossible, to um, tell from behind anything that happened. But it was obviously had the appearance of um, at least um, repaired cover. When we got looking at it a little further, one of the one of the edges had been trimmed open, and when we looked inside, um, we could see an address, and the postmark on the cover was Macon, South Carolina. I think it was Macon, and um, when I could see inside the uh, address um, of a letter to Macon, and it was carried, hand-carried, because it had the notation at the bottom, by Sam and Bessie or something like that, which indicated that was probably sent by their sl a slave or a, a, a pair of slaves by one person to another to that m town that it was postmarked on. So all of a sudden it then became more clearly why it looked like it had been a re repaired cover, you know, glued back together because it was a turned cover. So ultimately, I don't know what the final determination will Tell be. Tell them what a turn cover is. A turn cover in the, in the Civil War period, in the South especially, paper was very rare. And almost and the Southern states got their paper from Europe or the North. So when they went to war with the North, their only supply of paper was Britain or somewhere else in, uh, across the ocean, and there was a blockade, especially down in South Carolina, which was very early blockaded because of Fort Sumter. So people would take anything that they could use to be an envelope, and they would um, use it. So you have wallpaper, paper, and you have documents and stuff. And a turn cover is one that you get the cover, and then you... Um, unglue or steam open the envelope so that it folds out to a flat piece of paper and then invert it, putting the sender side inside so now you have a clean surface to write another letter on. And um, so it's a very interesting um, procedure to go through and determine, no, this is probably not a uh, stamp that's been added to an existing cover or, or to a stampless cover it was um, because of the nature of the being of the turned envelope, it took all the repair of the envelope away and made it more logical that the postmaster had, or somebody, the sender, had signed something up in the right-hand corner and the stamp had just placed, been placed over that. That was a very interesting study for me as a cover collector. Yeah, I like the cover, too. It, it was a cool cover. Yeah, we all we all had a look at it. And yep. It was interesting. Well, anything else? Happy collecting.
We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this Silcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.